Are you ready to take your business to the next level? Every day, there are countless books and articles that are published offering the key on how to make your business a success. It's easy to feel overwhelmed trying to keep up and run your business. That's why Deb Creer created the Business Power Hour. Keep up on the latest trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. Let the Business Power Hour do the heavy work for you. Good morning, good morning. I am Deb Creer, and I am passionate about giving professionals the tools that they need to make themselves and their businesses as successful as possible. And we're going to have a great discussion today about security, online security, and all sorts of things that go along with that. And I'll be honest, this is not something I know a lot about. So I'm really looking forward to this discussion. So please join me in welcoming Dan Freckling to our program today. Welcome, Dan. How are you doing today? I'm doing great, Deb. It's so nice to be here. Thanks for having me on your show. Fabulous, fabulous. Well, let me tell people a little bit about you, and then we will jump into this. So as CEO of Boltive, Dan Frickling works to secure brands against invasive media. Dan has led B2B SAAS businesses since 1999. Prior to Boltive, he was president of G2 Web Services, which was acquired by Verist where he expanded G2's cybersecurity solutions to detect brand-damaging activity and transaction laundering. He was also GM VP at Hibu, Hibu? and VP at Stamps.com and Senior Associate for McKinsey. Now, this man, is he knows what he's doing. He's a smart dude. He has an MBA with distinction from Harvard Business School and a BS with high honors from Northwestern University. So again, Dan, welcome. Well, you mentioned the BS, and I, I think there's a fair amount of BS in my credentials, but thank you for <laughs> uh, for going through all those anyway. We'll see if it amounts to anything in life, but, <laughs> but thank you for that you know, it's, wonderful it's, introduction. It's, it's always fun when we hear our own bios, right? We're like, ooh, yeah, yeah. we sound pretty impressive. <laughs> <laughs> well, I always like to ask my guests how it is they got to where they are today, because you have had quite the career, um, you know, and, and both professionally and personally, that has led you to where you are today. So tell us a little bit more about that. Yeah, Deb, it's, uh, you know, full of curveballs and twists and turns. Um, and <clears throat> I, I guess that where I end up today is very different from where I thought I was going to end mm-hmm. up. First of all, because I started out my career as a marketer. Okay. And now I do something that many people would view as contrary to marketing or limiting mm-hmm. of marketing. And I'll explain that in a moment. Mm-hmm. Um, the other is that there was a very personal thing that happened to my family that led me mm-hmm. to, to what I do right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I'm CEO of Boltive and we help brands limit invasive media. And, and invasive media can be malware in advertising. Mm-hmm. It can be offensive forms of advertising and um, so what's now called surveillance in advertising, mm-hmm. which is really around sharing consumer data without consent. And so mm-hmm. those three elements are really critical to what mm-hmm. Boltive software does. But how I ended up here um, was that uh, after most of my career in marketing and general management, mm-hmm. um, I, I did sell my last business uh, to Verisk, and I was running that business within Verisk. And uh, we had a very personal thing happen, which was 
Um, one day my wife had back pain and I was researching all kinds of treatments for how do you deal with back pain? And we went into the physical therapy and that didn't work. And, uh, we, we tried, you know, like ways of, of relieving the pain and that didn't work. And then finally we went in for an MRI mm -hmm. and we got a very strange diagnosis, mm -hmm. which was possible cancer. And, and possible cancer then became probable cancer. And then with the test, it was the certainty of cancer. Mm -hmm. And it was uh, what's called non-small cell lung cancer for, for non-smokers. Mm -hmm. um, however, at, at that point, it had, it had progressed. It was um, already stage four by that point. It had spread throughout her body. And um, so doing research all along the way, we understand it was, it was a very specific mutation called EGFR. Mm -hmm. The good news is there's with cancer treatments, there's so many targeted treatments, but there's also a lot of learning to do. So right. I was doing all this research, mm -hmm. figure, trying to figure it out. And then I started to notice that I'm getting targeted mm -hmm. with these shady cancer treatments. Right. Right. And some of these dramatic cartoonish ads that mm -hmm. try to get you to click on them are mm -hmm. all around cancer. Mm -hmm. uh, and that was, I was being targeted and profiled online without my knowledge. Mm -hmm. And without my consent, mm -hmm. uh, because of the the research I was doing, and and that's why surveillance advertising has become such a political issue with mm -hmm. so many regulations that are coming right. into effect in uh, in starting in January 2023. So um, that was when I, after my career as a marketer, I realized how intrusive and predatory mm -hmm. targeted marketing could be. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I discovered Boltiv, and they had software that, uh, and they had patents that were used for malware detection, but actually had a, a secondary application around privacy protection. Ah. So I joined the company in a, <laughs> mm -hmm. April of last year, and we've now, we've taken the company in that direction. Mm -hmm. We still have the, the anti-malvertising business, mm -hmm. which is mal, mal, malicious advertising, malvertising. Mm -hmm. But we've, we're investing also at the same time in our privacy protection mm -hmm. to, um, to help businesses comply with all the new regulations of California and Colorado and Connecticut and Utah and Virginia and the federal level. And of course, GDPR, there's a lot of, of alphabet soup acronyms to keep track of. And that's, that's what our software does. And so for, for me personally, it's a mission mm -hmm. for our company. We have a, a, a real kind of that, that whole kind of doing good for society um, angle to what we do. Mm -hmm. Uh, because we are eliminating unsafe threats that are on the web. Right. Yeah. You know, and it is weird, you know, how we all of a sudden start seeing the ads. You know, sometimes you were just thinking, I was just thinking that. And now it's, how did it know? <laughs> but, and I'll admit, sometimes I cheat. You know, like I will just type something in knowing that then I'm going to get a bunch of ads and then I can stop my research. They're just going to start appearing. <laughs> but from a business perspective, you know, you don't want your company name associated with things like that. And, but more importantly, I think many businesses don't even realize that they could very easily be breaking the law just in general business, certainly not doing anything malicious in the data that they collect and maybe what they're doing with it. So let's kind of walk through that a little bit, because I think that's one of the biggest things is, you know, they, they just don't know what they don't know. Mm -hmm. There's some arcane aspects to the privacy laws that might seem counterintuitive. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I'll give you an example of that, um, which is what is the definition of a data sale? Mm. Well, the definition of a data sale 
to the layperson and to me before I understood it better was if you're if you're taking data and you're selling it to someone else and they're paying you money for it. Mm-hmm. That um, seems like a data sale. That seems like a data mm-hmm. sale. However, under California law mm-hmm. and um, also under I think the laws of Colorado and Connecticut also, a sale is defined as an exchange for anything of value. It doesn't have to be yeah. monetary value. And, and that has gotten some businesses in trouble. Mm-hmm. California has a, a page they post on their website. The California Attorney General has a page where they, they go through all the cases of businesses who got that wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also a, a, a more public case with Sephora, where um, Sephora was actually uh, actually settled with California to pay a, a penalty of $1.2 million for violations of the CCPA law, which is the, mm-hmm. the law in California. But it it was the analytics data that got them in trouble. They were using an analytics provider on their website, widely believed to be Google Analytics. Mm-hmm. And that data was being shared from Sephora users, right, who were buying beauty products of mm-hmm. various Right. Right. It was shared through Sephora to Google Analytics. And because of the way the data was operating and the commingling, that actually was a sale that was that was considered a data sale. And they didn't disclose to their consumers Mm -hmm. that they were selling their data because Mm -hmm. the layperson would say, well, that doesn't sound like a sale to me. Mm -hmm. So. Um, right. That was that was one of the. There were more issues that came from that um, mm-hmm. that, that case. But I think the, the first thing to understand, if you're a business owner, is what is the definition of a sale? It is a data sale is different than most likely what you think it is. Mm-hmm. Um, th- then there was a second element I think that, that's useful for uh, small business owners to know, and that's understanding <clears throat> something called uh, global privacy control, mm-hmm. which is which is under the category of opt out preference signals in California mm-hmm. uh, or universal opt-out methods is what they call them in Colorado. Mm-hmm. Without getting too technical, what it basically means is under state laws, um, and I think Connecticut is is going to uh, hold companies to this also, mm-hmm. you need to respect and honor when a consumer has a universal opt-out signal, which is a browser signal ah. that's built into browsers <laughs> like Firefox mm-hmm. and Brave and DuckDuckGo, but not built into Chrome right now, not built into Edge, um, Mm -hmm. available as a browser extension, however. Mm -hmm. And this is a signal. It's basically like a flag when you travel the internet that says, I'm opting out of everything. No share, no share. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Which, right, as you're you're kind of alluding to, it's Mm -hmm. a lot simpler for consumers than to go to every site and opt out of cookies and opt out of cookies again, and Mm -hmm. then Go and check your preferences and unclick targeted advertising. There's this thing called an opt-out preference signal. The mm-hmm. protocol is called the global privacy control. Mm-hmm. And the uh, the Attorney General of California alleged that Sephora didn't honor consumer opt-outs mm. from GPC, mm-hmm. which was another problem. Um, but guess what? 95% of businesses and probably 99% of small businesses mm-hmm. also don't honor the GPC. Right. So We don't even know it exists. You may probably don't even know it exists. Yeah. So it's um, it's it's opened up a lot of discussions around um, what businesses need to do, mm-hmm. how they need to honor that. It's technically uh, there are um, off the shelf methods of of solving for this, but mm-hmm. first you got to be aware of it. And I think as small business owners, you you probably want to get some some um, uh, legal advice if mm-hmm. um, if you have analytics on your mm-hmm. website 
if you're if you're if that data is sharing uh, with a third party mm-hmm. or a service provider, um, if you have measurement on your website, mm-hmm. and certainly if you're doing any form of online advertising, mm-hmm. which often all these things I'm describing involve cookies which right. we can talk about in a moment, mm-hmm. the history of the cookie. But uh, when, when you're ever, whenever you're setting third-party cookies or you have tags firing on your website, you got to be aware of, of how the privacy laws are changing in 2023 because mm-hmm. you could find yourself liable and the penalties are more severe mm-hmm. in 2023 than they were in 2022. Right. You know, and I mean, all of this is to protect the consumer. So this, this is a good thing. But yeah. I think one of the most confusing things is that there's so much <laughs> I mean, you know, and you know, and, and so I guess my, my question would be, okay, so I'm here in Georgia, mm-hmm. but I do business with people in every state. Yeah. So do only Georgia laws apply to me or do I have to know the, the laws in the other 49 states? And then we'll talk <laughs> about international. Yeah. It's unfortunately we're dealing with a patchwork when it's, mm-hmm. whether, whether it's privacy mm-hmm. Or whether it's cybersecurity, because I believe all 50 states now have their own breach notification laws. Mm-hmm. And certainly if you're dealing with any kind of insurance, there's insurance laws that differ state to state. Privacy is going to find itself in that company mm-hmm. of laws that are varied state to state. With the internet, you even need to consider GDPR out of Europe. And if you do business in Europe, if you are... Um, Shipping products or shipping services or, or operating in European languages, even I think as I've seen the interpretation, then you need to be mindful of GDPR also. Mm-hmm. But certainly in the US, it's a lot easier to cross borders, mm-hmm. right? Uh, to find yourself um, under Virginia jurisdiction because you've got con- you've got users or buyers right. in, in Virginia mm-hmm. and you need to know that. However, you don't need a different set of rules for each state. Okay. Um uh, it would be crazy, although I think some have suggested it, it is technically possible to look for people's IP addresses and say, oh, that's a Virginia resident, which mm-hmm. is different than a West Virginia resident. So I'm going to treat them mm-hmm. differently. But mm-hmm. I think that's going to give you brain damage pretty quickly trying mm-hmm. to, to solve for each of those. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's certain principles mm-hmm. that small businesses can operate under. And one of them is what is a sale? Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I would recommend that people take that <coughs> that that um, highest highest standard of how you define a sale. Mm-hmm. And uh, and and map that into your processes. Mm-hmm. Um, there's other um, principles like sensitive data, mm-hmm. and what's ironic is California, which has been the first out of the gates with privacy laws, um, isn't the strictest when it comes to sensitive data. Mm-hmm. And, sensitive and that's data, like your credit card, your birth date, things like that. It's things like that, but it's all it also goes beyond that. Mm-hmm. Um, because what you're describing there, like your credit card data and your birth date and your social security number, that's sensitive mm-hmm. because if that were uh, re- that were somehow revealed, mm-hmm. you could have uh, I- you could be a victim of, of identity right. theft, mm-hmm. right? But there's other definitions of sensitive data which protect people from discrimination. Ah, so mm-hmm. that would be religion, mm-hmm. ethnicity, mm-hmm. Um, uh, race. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, sexual orientation, those kinds of elements, which which are designed to protect people mm-hmm. from discrimination, right. are also things that marketers want to know to target people to sell right. things to those. To mm-hmm. It's demographic. We're good and bad, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. like you said, we're marketing people, <laughs> right? Yeah, right. We're marketing people, so we we care about that stuff because we want to get messages to people that are relevant to them. Um, but that's a problem mm-hmm. in, um, and I, I believe it's Virginia, Colorado, and Connecticut, mm-hmm. where sensitive data 
is different than all other data mm. and it's different than it's treated in California, it requires an opt-in, which ah. is fundamentally very different than an opt-out. Mm -hmm. The rest of US law is, mm -hmm. is an opt-out, meaning if I don't say anything, mm -hmm. the business can assume. Right. It's okie-dokie. Mm -hmm. Yes. And they give me an opportunity to mm -hmm. opt out. But if I don't take that opportunity, then I've uh, sort of spoken. <laughs> by right. not You've tacitly agreed to receive their information. <laughs> yes, yes. Tacitly agreed to receive their, but also to have my data shared. Mm -hmm. uh, but but back to this point, with sensitive data, then that requires an opt-in. And mm -hmm. businesses aren't to process that data mm -hmm. and not to even start processing the data mm -hmm. unless the consumer says, yes, uh, you can go ahead and do that, which is very much more like GDPR, like it mm -hmm. is in Europe. I bring up that example because some businesses may want to also um, uh, solve and manage for that standard, mm -hmm. which is that let's just assume that data requires an opt-in, even if I'm going to be sometimes doing business in states like mm -hmm. you know California and Oregon mm -hmm. and Washington that don't have that rule. Right. So those are those are some recommendations so to avoid the, the patchwork pain. Right. You yeah. know, and and like we said, it's it's just so confusing to try and figure out who's on first, you know, all of those, those various things, you know, and, and I think what we see is, and I was, I was looking at my, my website for the business power hour. We put these generic statements on our website. Mm -hmm. We don't sell your data, yada, yada, yada. Um, and do those do anything? I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of, you know, it's, it's, you know, and, and, and then of course, you know, does it have to be specifically worded as, you know, as opposed to just, we don't give your data to anybody. Does it have to say, we don't do yada, 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 yada. I mean, <laughs> you know, because I think we've all, you know, we, we pretty much, I think, you know, for many businesses, we figured out we do have to have something on our website, some type of disclaimer, but then we have absolutely no idea what to do. Yeah. Disclaimers are the natural response to let your visitors know I'm not going mm -hmm. to manipulate your data or do right. anything with it. That, that, that would be the sort of logical thing to do. Mm -hmm. It does create more legal. And I, I should start by saying I have no legal background. Right. And, and, and obviously, folks, one of the other things is you could be listening to this years from now. So make yeah. sure you check to see what's current. <laughs> what's current, right. Uh, I'm the last person that should be giving legal advice. Mm -hmm. um, the, only, the only legal advice I would say is go talk to a lawyer. Right. But, go get real um, legal advice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But you, but there is a legal recommendation to disclose more in your privacy policy mm -hmm. because declaratory statements like we don't do this or we don't do that mm -hmm. can get you in especially hot water because that that's a deceptive practice, which exists in many more states mm -hmm. than privacy laws. So privacy mm -hmm. laws exist in five states as of next year. Mm -hmm. uh, deception, consumer yeah, protection laws exist in mm -hmm. basically all states. If you say you don't do something and then you do it, then you got to be especially careful. So right. that has led many businesses mm -hmm. to write these really long privacy policies. Right. And just we won't, everything. like I said, we don't do this and this and this and this and this and this yeah. and this. <laughs> or the opposite, which is, mm -hmm. well, we might do this and mm -hmm. we might do that because, or we do do this, even if you don't do it all the time or you only do it a portion of the time, mm -hmm. we will sell your data from time to time. Mm -hmm. We will use analytics from time to time mm -hmm. because it's much safer if anything legally happens to you to point to your privacy policy and say, we disclosed mm -hmm. it. We told mm -hmm. people, right? Mm -hmm. now, now, now the practical reality is consumers are not reading in depth, these privacy policies. Right. I read them, but I'm crazy, right? Mm -hmm. I, I read it because I'm crazy about this stuff, but the average consumer is not reading that long, um, that long privacy policy. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, but that aside from a legal standpoint, 
many businesses are disclosing more things that they might do where they they may have done in the past and might do again just so that they don't fall into the deceptive practices uh violations right you know and and like we said it varies from state to state depends on what you're doing you know and then it does you know it, it, there's there's the whole international thing and and for many people who are listening to this program we are doing working with people internationally you know as as consultants as you know, selling products, selling goods and services. And so that's where, you know, it gets really confusing. Yeah, it certainly does. <laughs> it's hard because, well, let's, I mean, if I think if you look at what happened um, just in 2022, right, we, we had um, uh, in the U.S., we had laws passed that take effect next year. And we had enforcement from California and the U.S. had um, FTC rulemaking and a, mm -hmm. a, a federal bill introduced in Congress. But um, it's not just there. Australia has passed uh, new privacy law. Mm -hmm. Canada, I think, is close to passing a, a new privacy law. And both Australia and Canadian laws have higher penalties mm. for you for infractions. India has put forth a new data protection bill. Japan amended its data privacy law. And in, in Europe, they didn't pass new laws, but their enforcement going on from like uh, the Canil in France, the Belgian data authority, um, uh, uh, actions against IAB Europe. I'm getting kind of technical right now, but it is really, really dynamic. What is notable about privacy is there has never in history been regulation that has moved in the same direction globally, right? All at once. And I think Gartner has said 75% of the world's population next year will be under some form of data privacy that, mm -hmm. that, that relates to consent. Mm -hmm. So yes, uh, this is, it's happening quickly. It is one of these rare situations where regulations are moving faster than mm -hmm. technology is. Usually, Regulations struggle right, to they catch up, up. Mm -hmm, <laughs> yeah, mm -hmm. the pace of technology. This is where technology is struggling and not doing a particularly good job mm -hmm. of keeping up with the regulations. Mm -hmm. So um, uh, that creates some additional complications for business right. owners. Right. Okay. So for the business owners whose eyes just crossed <laughs> and they thought, we have no idea what we're supposed to do. What do you tell them? Yeah, I think I start with where I was a moment ago with first take stock of do you engage in online advertising mm -hmm. and do you have tags on your web pages? Mm -hmm. And um, the, the, the online advertising has gotten a ton of attention because um, programmatic advertising, which is which covers pays for about 90 percent of the content that we see like the reason we get free news mm -hmm. is because it's paid for by advertising mm -hmm. um <clears throat> that that 90 percent of that is is paid for by what's called programmatic advertising mm -hmm. so if you are advertising on the web you are almost certainly engaging in programmatic advertising which means you're part of the ecosystem mm -hmm. and there's a set of algorithms that takes your ad if you're an advertiser and places it somewhere where people are going to see it right or if you're if you're an ad seller it determines what ads are going to show up on your um, on your website so to understand you're part of the programmatic ecosystem um, you may not realize it and it happens in 20 to 50 uh, milliseconds there's what's called a, a real-time bidding auction but so I won't go I won't go deeper than that unless you want to but the, the, the first point is if you're engaged in online advertising there's going to be a lot of things happening either to the ads you're buying or the ad space that you're selling that you're not in control of right Yet these things can cause ma mal malware to, to appear or uh privacy uh violations to appear mm -hmm. the, the second thing is is if you have a website 
you almost definitely have some kind of analytics program on it. And, uh, mm-hmm. and if you're right. doing it, even if it is just the basic Google Analytics, that is even free. if it, yes, yes, correct, correct. Um, for I think 95% of marketing websites have Google Analytics, and it, at one point, s- over 60% had Facebook Connect. Um, mm-hmm. Although that, that number is declining because of some of the trouble that the Meta and, and Facebook. Facebook's just confusing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're and they're paying you know many many um, hundreds of millions of mm-hmm. euros and dollars in fines. But so I, I ask people about that because because both the online ads and the on page what's called tags or digital objects mm-hmm. they sell and share data which which violates rights mm-hmm. and the it's not necessarily your practices it's the practices of the lesser known third parties that are out there mm. uh, that, that can get you in trouble because mm-hmm. there's this sort of daisy chain of mm-hmm. consent. When somebody opts out, that opt out is a, actually a signal. There's actually a, a like a four digit code mm-hmm. that travels with the, the um, uh, through the browser with a string of other data that tells everybody handling that data, whether that person is opted in for it to be shared mm-hmm. or not opted in. <clears throat> so you, you got to really understand um, uh, uh, the, the, the intermediaries too. So I would, I would say, I would make people aware of that from a pragmatic standpoint. Mm-hmm. I think it's a smart idea to assign a leader for your data privacy program. It doesn't mean you need to hire an individual who just does that job. Bigger business, of course, will, will hire right. a data protection mm-hmm. officer, but individual businesses, it just needs to be someone who's, who's responsible for it. Right. And, uh, and, and then I think another very important idea is is mapping the data across your organization. That's a very fundamental thing to do. Mm-hmm. Where you know, uh, under under NIST, which is um, a privacy framework, the, the components of that are where's the inventory, like where's your database, where is it stored, mm-hmm. and then what's the data flow? How is that data flowing within your organization mm-hmm. and then outside your organization? Mm-hmm. Um, so if it's if it's helpful, I can talk more about that uh, about those recommendations. Mm-hmm. But I would say knowing what to do with your inventory, mm-hmm. what your what to do with your data flow, and then implementing systems that audit that um, are really key. Right. So for the people who just went, I don't know what to do, so I'm not going to do anything at all. <laughs> What's that issue? I mean, you know, be and and I think a lot of people are going. <clears throat> you know, I'm just this little business. Yes. Is anybody even going to notice? Is anybody even going to care? You know, I'm selling my widgets online and I do, you know, $10,000 of business a year, you know, or, you know, a million, whatever. Mm. I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep my fingers, toes and the eyes crossed that nobody notices that I don't do this. Um, mm. You know, so what do you tell the people who are the ostriches, you know, that we're just going to yeah. hide our heads in the sand and hope this doesn't pertain to us or more importantly, yeah. hope that we don't get caught. Yeah. Well, if you're a big business, if you're a brand that has a lot of consumers, um, then you've got to worry. But you're right. There is a threshold. Um, I think it's a $25 million revenue threshold. So there's many businesses, fortunately, Mm -hmm. aren't going to have to worry about this. Mm -hmm. Um, But those that do and those that want to do it, because sometimes it's not just, am I going to get caught? Mm -hmm. Sometimes it's what kind of a brand do I want to represent to my consumers? Right. Do I do I want them to know that their data is safe? That mm-hmm. um, that when they visit uh, my site, even if I'm under the threshold, mm-hmm. that I'm not going to um, abuse their because data. Because most people don't know there's a threshold. Yeah, most people don't know there's a threshold, and and certainly some brands are taking the position about we, like you just said, we never sell your data, and they want to be true to that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but for those businesses that are above the threshold or want to go a little bit further. The regulators have been kind and, in fact, in, in, in 
in California, there's actually a section in there, what's called their CPRA rulemaking mm-hmm. that says it will consider um, good faith efforts to comply, mm-hmm. right? Okay. As reasons to not, you know, not mm-hmm. go after business. However, having said that, if you go visit the attorney general website, there there's case after case mm-hmm. of not large businesses that have been cited. Mm-hmm. Uh, and there have been hundreds and hundreds of warning letters sent out by the regulator to businesses. Mm-hmm. And those don't just go to the largest businesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Colorado is similar. They're they're looking for willful noncompliance. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, they're, and, and truly, and, we don't care. We're going to do what we want type of yeah. Thing. If you yeah, if that's right, that that's a that's a real danger. Mm-hmm. Um, and the other thing I would say is that when. <clears throat> GDPR came into effect, and I believe it was either March or May 2018. Mm-hmm. Even the European regulators gave some grace to European mm-hmm. businesses. There wasn't an expectation that you were going to be 100% compliant. Mm-hmm. And these US laws are taking effect January 1, July 1, December 31. Those are the, the three mm-hmm. kind of tranches. Right. But, um, but what the regulators want to see is good faith efforts. And the NIST privacy framework that I talked about a moment ago has a ready, set, go approach okay. to kind of help you through that. It's not, you can't solve for world peace all at once. That mm-hmm. would be, um, that, that, that would be uh, not feasible for most mm-hmm. businesses, but, but taking some of those right steps, knowing the regulators are looking for good faith efforts. Mm-hmm. And if you are in certain sectors, mm-hmm. if you, if you're in a marketing business, if you're mm-hmm. in a lead generation business, mm-hmm. if you're in data selling to begin with, um, then you got to pay particular attention to this. Right. They're going to yeah. be looking more at you. Yes. Yes, totally. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other is if you're in uh, in health care as mm-hmm. a business, mm-hmm. that is sensitive. Now, there's HIPAA laws, but the, the HIPAA laws in some cases are... Um, are are uh, are replaced by these the new state privacy laws meaning uh, actually replaced is the wrong word uh, HIPAA in in healthcare covers certain kinds of data mm-hmm. the state privacy law covers other kinds of data okay uh, financial services is another one uh, right. the GLBA mm-hmm. covers certain forms of data that are related mm-hmm. to banking and regulated mm-hmm. functions the, the California and other state laws cover other data that's around consumer data mm-hmm. uh, consumer marketing data so again, my again, my final thought on this on this particular question is: if you're in certain sectors mm-hmm. where you're consumer facing, mm-hmm. uh, financial services, um, healthcare, anything child directed, mm-hmm. you need to pay a, more attention to right. privacy laws than others. Mm-hmm. Right. others and and let's be honest, that makes sense. You know, when you are dealing with someone's children, with someone's you know true money, um, with their health, I mean, yeah, you you do need to be paying more attention than if they just bought you know, a new bicycle from you. Um, yeah. You know, and, and, but, you know, and from the consumer perspective, I mean, this is, is fascinating because I always wonder what the heck happens. I mean, like one of the things, you know, my inbox every day, I get all of these things that I never subscribe to, um, you know, and, and, but we've always been told, Oh, now don't click unsubscribe because then they know they've got a real person there. Right. (laughs) And, you know, so I'm like, okay, so I just block them. I mean, you know, I just go into my server and I say, no, Mm -hmm. I don't want those anymore. But the ones that annoy me are the ones where I unsubscribe and I still get stuff from them. And some of those are pretty large organizations. Um, You know, one of them is a university not too far from here um, Mm -hmm. where I went onto their online store and bought something. And then, of course, hello, they want to just keep selling me stuff. Doesn't matter what it is. You know, I got into their database and I don't know how many times I have unsubscribed and I just keep getting stuff from them. And I'm like, you know, I don't care about that university. I'm never going to buy stuff from you again. Please stop sending me stuff. 
Um, you know, for, for, for the average consumer, is there anything we can do? I mean, does hmm. you complain to anybody and have them pay attention? Well, there, I, I have had the exact same experience mm-hmm. you have had. And it's, and I'm, it's maddening because can spam, mm-hmm. which was directed towards unwanted email solicitations, right. mm-hmm. that was passed in 2004. Mm-hmm. So the fact that companies are still unable to comply with that is really inexcusable. Right. Um, uh, but sometimes yours, there's multiple emails. I get it uh, that I, they, I might opt out of one email, but I'm still opted into another email. Mm-hmm. There, oh, yeah. Especially a- when it's a big organization because they've got <laughs> this department, this department, this department, this department, right? Yeah. Yeah. But um, so there, it, we're going to be, I think we're, we're, we're going to be in that whack-a-mole of, 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 of unsubscribing. And uh, as long as there's email, we're going to mm-hmm. face that. But there are things consumers can do mm-hmm. to protect themselves that are a good idea. Uh, starting with mobile, mm-hmm. I think it's pretty well known that, that Apple has taken a position, Apple iOS has taken a position to be more privacy friendly than Android. So you can, uh, you, you're prompted for app tracking, you can mm-hmm. opt out of your data being shared mm-hmm. out of certain apps. Right. Yeah. It, it asks that every time, you know, yeah. and, and it is the top thing, you know, no, I don't wish to, you know, yes. for my, my data to be shared. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So that number is extremely high. I think 80% or 80, 80 to 85% of people are opting out, which is right. devastating to meta uh, because they need that data to, to mm-hmm. right. their advertising mm-hmm. business, but it's a good thing for privacy. Mm-hmm. Um, also on mobile, delete unused apps. We, keep, we all have them. and it, I know. I'm like, what is this? What's it do? <laughs> we're coming towards the end of the year, right? Or you pick a time of the year, end of the year cleanup or spring cleaning, clean off mm-hmm. your clean up your mobile device too. Mm-hmm. Um, for browsers, we, we talked a little bit earlier about the global privacy control. Mm-hmm. Certain browsers like Brave and Ghost Redawn and Firefox are more privacy safe. Mm-hmm. Uh, other, But all browsers, you probably want to look at your browser extensions. The same thing with apps. Sometimes we'll install browser extensions mm-hmm. for things like getting discounts, right? Right. Uh, do, are you still using that browser extension? If you don't, you should mm-hmm. delete that too. Mm-hmm. The other thing that many people do is, is privacy safe search engines like DuckDuckGo mm-hmm. that doesn't claims to not track you. Mm-hmm. And then for the more sophisticated, um, you can anonymize your IP address. Mm-hmm. There are um, secure VPNs like Tor that people use. So businesses can't see. It looks like you're coming from somewhere else with right. a different location. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, it, with the email, if you are only going to have to give your email for a short period of time, like you're, um, you're, you're opting- to Make in- that one-time purchase. A one-time purchase is a good example. Then there's there's tools like 10-minute mail that anonymize your mail and then it expires. Mm-hmm. Um, social uh, social media, I don't know that there really is a safe way to engage in social media because part of that quid pro quo is that your data is going to be harvested. Right. I mean, somewhere in the terms of service, it says, you know, we're going to advertise to you. Yes. In <laughs> fact, um, in fact, yeah, um, Meta just got in trouble for that because in Europe, they were uh, they put in their privacy policy almost it was like a contract that mm-hmm. that if you're going to use our service we're going to use your data kind of thing right. um which is patently illegal because uh under gdpr you must get consent you must get right. expressed mm-hmm. opt-in consent mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. um and everybody else has kind of learned that but but meta was sort of late to the party on that so they just uh they just got a a, a ruling um a judgment against them on that mm-hmm. but anyway but but going on uh, if you're on social media Think about what you're sharing mm-hmm. because you can't you can't have it, none of your data um, shared right. today mm-hmm. in social media, but you can um, have less of your children's data shared. I mean, that 
that is something that they're going to have to, their profiles will get associated with their data and they'll have that the rest of their lives. So, so give that a few thoughts. Right. The, and then the other kind of general stuff, accept those software updates <clears throat> that <clears throat> come through. Um, it's, yeah, because those are fixing some of this. You know, people who go, oh, I don't want to update my software. No, it fixes these things. Yes, right. So that's a good idea. Uh, and then I think, I think another thing I would say is, there was a, an era of time not too long ago when everything, appliances, hardware, refrigerators, thermostats, smoke alarms, was web connected, mm -hmm. right? Uh, voice, uh, voice, mm -hmm. uh, Alexa and, and uh, Echo and some of those voice activated devices. They had a heyday just a few years ago. Mm -hmm. Now, many people are turning those off and disconnecting right. those. Because they're freaking out. <laughs> you know? It's like, how did, you know, how did my house know that I was doing something? Yeah. Uh, that's yeah, right, right. Uh, and like you said, like you said, with the eerie experience of seeing an ad for something that you just talked about, right. who heard you? Mm -hmm. Um, and then the, the other is that there's a lot of these people search websites out there, mm -hmm. and there's some service I think I just heard Discover Card has a service where they will remove your information from the people search websites, mm. which is which is a good idea because those those sites often just are, are serving stalkers and right. not. You know, not stalkers necessarily mm -hmm. in the criminal sense, but stalkers in the sense of people mm -hmm. trying to find out information on people right. that that they can't find out directly. Right. Um, well, and I tell people it's always a good thing to go in and Google. You know, if you're using you know whatever, you know, to to search for yourself and just see yes. what is out there. Um, yes. You know, how easy is it for somebody say to find your address? Uh, yes. You know, it's which is a little it's 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 very scary. Um, you know, my yeah. my mom, bless her, you know, she's ninety. And, you know, still lives alone, you know, and, oh, and very independent, all of these various things. And she shreds every single thing that she possibly can, you know, huh. any mail, any, any of that. Good and, yeah, you know, but I tell her, mom, you understand how easy it is for me to go online and find where you live. And she has an unusual name, you know, and, and there's one <laughs> of her in oh, the wow. entire world. So yeah. if you put that name in there. You know how old she is. You know where she lives. You probably know her cell phone. I mean, all these various things. And so I tell her, that's great to shred stuff, but it really ain't doing much. Yeah. And fraudsters mm -hmm. prey on senior citizens, mm -hmm. retirees. Right. They're, mm -hmm. they're a market that is um, sometimes that doesn't understand, uh, but also has free time and will respond in ways. Right. Uh, the other thing that without getting too sensational or conspiratorial, I do want to mention because it has been it was a, a news issue this year. Mm -hmm. That the the Supreme Supreme Court Dobbs decision that overturned Roe versus Wade mm -hmm. opened up a whole new um, area of of personal data usage oh. um, because kind of alongside that mm -hmm. there was um, there was news about advertisers um, that would find women in in women's health clinics and mm -hmm. and, and use their geolocation to send them certain messages right mm -hmm. um, the the. Part of this that has gotten some privacy advocates concerned is that all this data that's that advertisers can use mm -hmm. is also available to government authorities mm -hmm. who can purchase personal information from data brokers mm -hmm. about you, about me, about right. data that's on people mm -hmm. uh, web uh, people search websites, and that actually avoids some of the limitations of the Fourth Amendment to unreasonable search and mm -hmm. seizure. Right, mm -hmm. and the reason this spiked this year was was will states use that data to prosecute women seeking abortions? Right. Yeah. Um, because they were at X place, which yes. X place was, you know, a clinic. They were, mm -hmm. they were at X place. Mm -hmm. It was a clinic. They went to a website that 
told them about different right. options. Yeah, they just the- looked up the term. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So that, um, so so without getting too far to the dark side, that is where the the privacy issues are more than an annoyance, mm-hmm. but they're actually um, sort of a threat to civil liberties. Many right. people say mm-hmm. with government, the risk of government mm-hmm. overreach. Uh, and the ability for 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 law enforcement authorities to use personal data for purposes. Right. Yeah. You know, and and we've certainly heard cases where you know they they were able to use the the information that you give to a genealogy site to track your DNA. Um, yeah. You know, for for good and bad. I mean, you know, they've they've you know, it's it's obviously good. I shouldn't put it that way. It's because you know there are people who are going to say it's not good, but you know, say when they they close cold cases. Um, you know, or they identify. I mean, I saw something the other day where they identified a, a, a murder victim from 30 years ago because they were able to finally go through a DNA thing. And, and you know, and, and so that was but but yeah, it's like, you know, and so it is it's very scary that your data is out there. And, and I know that there are people who think they're going to hide and not have anything out there. Yeah. That means they have no technology. Right. <laughs> and, and which grid. is, you know, no car, you know, you talked about home. I mean, you know, I, I really do not need a refrigerator <laughs> that connects to the internet. I just, yeah. I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry. Why does, you know, or, you know, all of these things. I mean, I have a, a good friend now who just bought a, a really fancy grill and it has a temperature sensor in it that will send him a note and say, Hey, your steak is at 165 degrees. <laughs> I'm like, no, wow. you know, there's, yeah. there's a limit, but, but like I said, we also like some of the, the, the better features of it, you know, Hey, I'm going to go yeah. to somewhere for vacation and it's going to start showing me ads for restaurants in that area. Yeah. Yeah. We can say no to some of the excesses that I remember also a few years back, there was the tide button mm-hmm. that you would stick on your, right. Um, and so when you feet. needed new detergent, you went, doing, you just and Amazon went, woohoo. right right Um, and we can so we made it through human creation and human society for hundreds of thousands of years without that we can live without it now yeah we can order our own detergent right we can order our own detergent remember how to do that Mm -hmm. um but then there's other things like the mobile phone that people absolutely won't they they can't live their lives without Mm -hmm. right Mm -hmm. and and that is where it's the you can't live your life without it or you really want it or it's a convenience and that's okay right it's okay for consumers Mm -hmm. to make their own choices about Mm -hmm. i'm willing to share my data for the conveniences Mm -hmm. i'm willing to take some risk of malicious activity Mm -hmm. reaching me because if i shut that off. Like you said, if I, if I mm-hmm. lived off the grid, um, I, I would, ha- I would struggle uh, to get things done now in today's era. Right. And that's okay. Mm-hmm. And a lot of what we're seeing with privacy regulation is giving, con- it's giving a choice mm-hmm. and notice to consumers mm-hmm. so that they know what they're doing. But unfortunately, lots of the time it's, it's just reactive. Mm-hmm. It's just, yes, accept cookies. Yes. Share right. my data. I, I just want to get to the thing I'm looking yeah. for. And and I'm one and I'm bad about accept cookies, except I don't even read what it says. I just <laughs> click the button that says accept cookies. You know, I'm like, okay, whatever. And and part of it too is I just assume everything's out there. I mean, you know, I've I've kind of reached the point of it, all my data is out there. I'm I'm, you know, for good or bad, it's all out there. So I'm gonna accept that cookie. <laughs> yeah. There there's an interesting history of the cookie. Um the, the third party cookie where it came from. And, and I, I think that would be just to spend a moment on that. Right. Yeah, it, because I'm sure that there are people who click that button and really have no idea what a cookie is. No right. Well, the first cookie 
was invented in 1994 mm-hmm. at Netscape, which isn't with us anymore, but they were a wonderful browser at the time. Mm-hmm. There's a 23-year-old engineer who just wanted to allow browsers to have a memory because right. up, up until that point, everybody was anonymous and right. um, you could it, you would go from one page to another and the browser didn't know, the website didn't know mm-hmm. who you were. And that was frustrating because if you put something in your shopping cart yeah. or you, you you have a preferred mm-hmm. language. You had to right? type your name every single time. Every single time, right? Mm-hmm. So cookies were invented to, as a convenience, which is a great thing. Mm-hmm. And it was called it was called a cookie, not because it's like a chocolate chip cookie is how mm-hmm. it's often represented. Mm-hmm. It was actually a fortune cookie, the idea being that there's a unique ID inside of it. Yeah. Right? Okay. But it took exactly one year, just about mm-hmm. one year for DoubleClick to look at that cookie and say, wait a minute. We Ooh, can use this. There's good advertising data here. Yes, because then we can track people across mm-hmm. different websites. Mm-hmm. And DoubleClick was a very successful business that was present on very uh, on very mm-hmm. diverse websites. So that was used to follow. And then there's a little bit of a mini arms race where the the engineer at Netscape mm-hmm. heard about this and was angry about it. So, mm-hmm. um, but you couldn't. You can't really stop progress, right? Yeah, so it, especially the, when it's on the internet. It's it's there. It's done, right? Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So what? So, but the, sort of the answer to that was the clear cookies button that you can use. Mm-hmm, that was right. sort of the answer to this problem. Mm-hmm. But, but that is the beginning of everything that we have today. Mm-hmm. If you look at the targeting innovations over twenty years, mm-hmm. that you know tracking across websites was with mm-hmm. the cookie. Then in t- two thousand seven, there was the multi device era with the iPhone, mm-hmm. and that led to cross app advertising, which is kind of the mobile equivalent, <clears throat> and then. It went further and further with these things called device graphs, mm-hmm. which means they can <clears throat> they can resolve your identity and my identity mm-hmm. between our phone, uh, our PC, mm-hmm. and even our connected TV. Mm-hmm. So we know it's the same profile. And so right. these targeting innovations just got smarter and smarter, mm-hmm. and the tar- retargeting got better and better. And it and it just ran into this collision in 2018. Um, because of a, a parallel kind of growing concern about data privacy. And that's right. that's how we are in the era. So we're essentially in a different era of the web right now mm-hmm. since 2018. And I think 2023 marks another uh, era change mm-hmm. in that because it is it is the world where the, the web is becoming governed. Mm-hmm. At the dawn of the internet, when the cookie was first invented, there were even arguments whether laws applied in, in you know, hyperspace, mm-hmm. right? Right. Um, Right in the yeah, side, especially because it is a worldwide thing. You know, how <laughs> yeah. can somebody in Georgia regulate what somebody in the the is is Georgia still part of Russia? I get confused yeah. with all of those. the other. There's Georgia, two Georgas, yeah, right? There's one here and there's one there. Yeah. So does it mm-hmm. pertain? You know, and and yeah, that's right, that's right. And so it was it was right cyberspace. It doesn't apply. And now we really recognize that there is legal jurisdiction and. And we're seeing consumer protections arise. And so this is a, a collision that's still ongoing, but a lot of businesses have to reorient themselves, really, is what is what we're talking about. Right. So, you know, I, I said, you know, I, I've reached the point where I don't care. They're collecting my data. And that's not good. I mean, that is, that is not a good way to do this. So as individuals, how can we protect ourselves? You know, I think th- those, those kind of steps I went through um, about looking at what browser you're using and how you what mobile device you're using and making those choices and the search engines um those are the basic ones mm-hmm. not sharing on social media mm-hmm. being especially hesitant when it comes to data about your children mm-hmm. um and 
and and then if you really want to go further, there some people will will go so far as to block any scripts from running on their browser, uh, which has some usage uh, issues. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so I mean I sometimes think- you block those, and the whole site goes. Kapook. <laughs> yeah, it doesn't work anymore, right? Because mm-hmm. the it, so I, your IP address, your location is considered uh, personal information, but you can't block your location because right. websites won't work if they don't know where to send yeah, the data. Yeah, and and that's <laughs> how it figures shipping. I mean, yeah, all of those various right. things. Mm-hmm. So the so I think it I I, I won't uh, I won't repeat myself on those recommendations, mm-hmm. but I'll just say I think it starts with being aware mm-hmm. when that cookie banner pops up. Mm-hmm. Think twice. Mm-hmm. Do you trust the website to accept mm-hmm. the cookies? Do you want to click on that other button and uh, and opt out? Mm-hmm. The the well, there's a, a a concept of things called dark patterns, mm-hmm. and dark patterns are manipulative w- web design mm-hmm. where um, you're 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 steered towards clicking accept when you mm-hmm. really want to reject. Mm-hmm. Um, that is that is illegal. That is something that businesses need to be very careful to, mm-hmm. to watch out for is, is any manipulation around that. But as, as users, just taking that extra step to just mm-hmm. think for a moment before you share your data. Right. I think is a good yeah. <clears throat> well, and like I said, I automatically usually click yes. I need to change that and automatically click no, because, you know, for the most part, they don't need to keep my data, especially if I'm just, you know, browsing. Now, if if it's a site that I know I'm going to go back to, I'm going to buy stuff, yada, 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 then that's different. But if I'm just kind of mousing about, telling it, no, I don't want you to collect my data is not going to cause a problem. Yeah, that's precisely right. Yeah. So just being mindful of that. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, and, and it is, it's, it's a scary world. I mean, you know, like we said, you know, when, when your, your grill talks to your refrigerator yeah. and, you know, yeah. and, and your car and, and all of these things, I mean, it's like, holy schmoly, but yeah. you know, and, and, and I remember the whole COVID thing. I mean, you know, I had discussions with people and they still believe this, that, you know, they're, they're going to microchip you and they're going to track you. And I remember I, I had that discussion with somebody and I said, you do understand what your phone does, right? <laughs> <laughs> and and it actually had never occurred to him how much information the phone was just tracking on him. Um, you know, and and uh, you know, and, and I told people, I said, you know, whoever I, whoever can track me, they're going to die of boredom. I mean, you know, <laughs> yeah, like, whatever. Go to, <laughs> go to town, <laughs> right? <laughs> you know, and, and like the people that you'll put the things over their cameras so that it. Uh, I'm not going to be sitting here doing anything that's going to be embarrassing i mean you know, and so you know my cameras aren't you know or you know i don't have something that covers my camera um but but yeah it is you know it is kind of scary because mm. you know when like when i look at something on my desktop system and then later on something about that same thing comes up on my phone mm-hmm. i'm like mm, yeah. i'm i'm just not sure that i like that and that's a function <clears throat> of many technologies mm-hmm. because um the the, the the resolution, the device resolution that, that we were talking about a moment ago will recognize when your when the phone belongs to the same person as the PC. Right. And so and so you should expect that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. That if you do something on your PC, and it's, it's cross-platform. I have a yeah. Dell desktop and an iPhone. They don't yeah. they talk to each other. Yeah. 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 The other is when you're people what's really interesting is when there's people staying at your house. Mm-hmm. So um, when my parents visited uh, one Christmas, um, there have a certain a, a political uh, persuasion that was different than mine. And, <laughs> oh no! Um, oh no! <laughs> and and what somehow what had happened was things that were that were happening on their PCs and their 
um, their phones mm-hmm. got correlated with my phone. Uh-oh. And so and you saw the ads you really didn't want to see. Yeah. It, it, it result, whatever algorithm out there had, had assumed that my phone was somehow connected to that. Mm-hmm. Cause it, Logically, it was in the same home right. mm-hmm. for a period of time, and who knows? It was maybe it was an election year, and so there's a lot of attention paid to this. So, mm-hmm. so I get I get things on my phone that incorrectly assume that um, that I w- I'm somebody else. Mm-hmm. So that sort of thing will happen too, right? Yeah. You know, and and the other thing is part of why you started this company is you know you were looking at things pertaining to your wife's cancer, and then they kept popping up. You know, and and yeah. and we yeah. see that all the time where it's like. No, I, I'm done with that. I don't want to see it anymore. Please stop sending me that information. Um, you know, because in some cases it's it's not a good memory. And we yeah. don't want to see that. Um, yeah. you know, and and so it's and it and it's weird because yeah, I mean, like I see things that I'm like, really, I haven't looked for something like that in four or five years, but somewhere I'm still yeah. in somebody's <laughs> database. Yeah. Well, and that was that was the real like maddening thing was. Um, my wife passed away, sadly, at the beginning of the pandemic, and I was still getting those ads mm-hmm. afterwards. Like right. that's and so it was just durable. that little hot poker every time. Yep, yep. Mm-hmm. That's how durable they are, mm-hmm. and so that's really why um, why Boltiv is doing what it does. Mm-hmm. Uh, we find what we call dark signals mm-hmm. and data skimmers. So, so mm-hmm. dark signals are when consent doesn't work. When businesses, um, many times it's not the business's fault. It's the mm-hmm. third parties that they're working with mm-hmm. don't honor the consent signals, don't honor the opt out signals. Mm-hmm. Um, and then that, that causes liability for the businesses. Right. Mm-hmm. So we, we correct for those dark signals. By the way, it goes the other way too. Mm-hmm. There, um, the other form of dark signals are opt ins that right. get lost. Mm-hmm. And, and opt in meaning I go ahead and advertise to me, go ahead and share my data. Mm-hmm. That can get misconstrued mm-hmm. and mistransmitted through the, the, the technological mm-hmm. handoffs. And now you're losing your best customers. You're losing right. the opportunity to mm-hmm. market to your best customers because mm-hmm. you can't see that. So our mm-hmm. software helps resolve when that's happening mm-hmm. um, and identify businesses when they're losing either they face compliance problems or they're mm-hmm. losing opportunities. They're wasting right. their money. They're losing access to their mm-hmm. um, their customers as a result. Mm-hmm. The other part is we, we identify data skimmers. Mm-hmm. And we didn't go deep in the technology uh, during this hour. But um, in the ecosystem, in real-time bidding, there are dozens and dozens of vendors out there, ad tech companies, martech mm-hmm. companies, data companies, and many and times- from around the world. Anybody who's going, oh, there's certain the countries, no, nah, they're from around the world. Yeah. Well, yep. And that's, that's I think, is a very, very good point mm-hmm. because we find that these data skimmers will show up uninvited. Nobody invited them to share the data, but they found their way into the advertising mm-hmm. ecosystem. We found malware companies out of Asia- and we have found um, sanctioned companies from unfriendly countries, sanctioned technology companies from unfriendly countries that are participating in seeking right. this and, and act, mm-hmm. able to acquire this information. Mm-hmm. So there are even national security implications. Mm-hmm. So our, our software is is it allows businesses to avoid any of that, mm-hmm. discover when it's happening, and then mm-hmm. snuff it out. Right. Now, I'm assuming that for somebody like me who doesn't do lots of huge business, it's probably not something your software is probably not something that that I'm going to use. So are there certain <coughs> size companies, um, certain industries that are better for you to, to work? Yeah. With? Yeah. Just to, yeah. Just to kind of cover that again, if you're in it, industries that cover sensitive data, mm-hmm. we talked about healthcare mm-hmm. and anything health related. Mm-hmm. We talked about financial services, anything mm-hmm. financial related, um, child directed things mm-hmm. that touch on children's data right. is especially sensitive. Mm-hmm. It's Christmas cold- time. People are looking up toys and things like that. Yes. 
Right. So, uh, and, and that politically, it's very popular to go after companies that misuse children's data, mm-hmm. um, as it is with the other examples. Mm-hmm. And then just any consumer facing business. Mm-hmm. I, I think whether you're worried about regulators mm-hmm. um, coming after you or not, you owe it to your consumers to give them that mm-hmm. experience. And because they will, the awareness of consumers is growing. Data, data sharing is now a bigger issue for, for consumers than data theft. People are understanding that right now. Mm-hmm. And it's the data sharing violations that have created the five state laws that are going mm-hmm. effect, uh, going into effect in mm-hmm. 2023. Right. So I for, for businesses in those certain categories, for businesses that serve consumers, it's often part of a brand promise is mm-hmm. how you handle uh, the data that your consumers entrust to you. Right. So you know, if, if somebody's listening to this and they go, oh, I probably need to check this out. How do they reach you? And what are the services that you provide? Sure. Yeah. Well, um, they can reach us at boltive.com, B-O-L-T-I-V-E.com. Um, they can reach me directly at dan at boltive.com. They can mm-hmm. reach me uh, at LinkedIn, uh, Dan Freckling. And we offer free audits. So we have we're software as a service. So we'll audit a website and we'll let you know where the vulnerabilities are that you might be facing in privacy. If you're a publisher, we also have many other services to protect against malware, offensive ads, um, uh, ads that slow down your website, ads that affect your user experience. So if you're selling ad space, we have particular services. But if you're whether you're selling or buying ads, our, our software can make sure that you are staying on the right side of privacy and doing the right thing for your customers. Right. You know, and the nice thing is you keep up on what's what's going on in the world and the business owner isn't having to figure out what's new. Um, because like we, you know, they're, they're there to sell their widgets, you know, (laughs) they don't want to be keeping up on those other things. No, you don't, you don't. Right. You you don't just like, you don't want to be calculating sales tax um, Mm -hmm. in every state. Like that would be maddening that software exists to solve those problems for business Mm -hmm. owners. Yeah. Right. Right. I love it. You know, and, and you've got a great blog. I was looking through it. So lots of, Mm -hmm. lots of great information. And so even if someone is just thinking, I probably need to, to look more into this, there's there's great content on your website. Yeah, yeah, check that out. Right, and, and I, I post on LinkedIn about privacy related issues, mm-hmm. so I'd love to connect on LinkedIn for anybody who who likes to geek out on the topics we covered here. Right, <laughs> you know, and, and I'll be honest, my little head's spinning. I mean, you know, it's like, mm-hmm. but it, you know, it's I I think more than anything, the important thing is we have to be aware that this is an yeah. issue. You know, I, I said, you know, we can't be ostriches anymore, hiding our heads in the sand. If you're doing business online, you need to to be aware that this this is a very large potential issue. It is. It is. And it's it's hidden a lot of the time. We don't see it um, because it operates in the internet pipes. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's an area where we've specialized in. We're essentially a smoke test for internet pipes to find where those issues are. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it's ultimately a, a personal choice uh, as a consumer, how much data you want to share. But as a business, there's a little less choice around it because I think you know, businesses in the marketing, in the sales space have always sought to, to optimize around how, how many people can we reach. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but now you need to temper that and optimize for how many people can we re- uh, reach in a privacy first way. Right. I love it. I love it. Well, again, tell us where people find you. Yep. So boltive.com, B-O-L-T-I-V-E.com. Um, Dan Freckling on LinkedIn. If you want to email me, I'm dan at boltive.com. Um, and uh, I think uh, that will that you, you'll, you'll reach me and reach us, uh, our many talented uh, employees, uh, one way or another through those means. Right. I love it. Well, you know, this, this really has been absolutely fascinating. As I said, it's mm-hmm. something that every business owner 
and, and, you know, it, or maybe you're the IT people, you know, all of those things, you need to pay attention to this, um, you mm-hmm. know, and, and so this has been a, a great discussion. Do you have any final thoughts you want to leave everyone with? I guess I would say that the, the future of privacy could go in a couple different directions. There's one, there, there's one um, kind of world where uh, we, there, there's there's convenience and consumers make choices and there's there's another um end of the world where if we go too far with privacy regulations it can it can boomerang back on us those of us who are old enough to remember how the internet began it was a series of big tech companies and walled gardens like AOL CompuServe they were the walled gardens of the late 90s and it's a viable model but it's really antithetical to the open web that we're comfortable with and that we love today and if, if data privacy regulations can create a burden, especially on smaller businesses, that's why Boltiv is here uh, to, to make that easier for you. But I think we also need to be mindful as citizens that um, if we go too far, it's going to just be the big tech companies that can comply with all the rules if they grow and grow and grow. And we don't want that. Um, we, 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 walled gardens are a viable model, but it's not the internet that we want for ourselves and our children. So I think um, let's view the privacy laws as something that can help us, not something that we need to fight against and look for means that that small businesses can um, can protect themselves, which has what everything I'm saying kind of has private sector and public sector implications to it. But it's a little bit of a, of a final thought on where the world could end up. Uh, I think we're going to end up in a world where consumers can um, uh, can can choose their own levels of convenience. Some will will choose to share less and have fewer conveniences. Others will go all the way to say sharing all their data. And there's even a, an e-commerce model where packages will arrive at your home with items that are selected for you because they your data has been harvested so well. And you don't need then you just sort through the ones you want and you send back the ones that you don't want. That's sort of the the other side of of the spectrum where it's free data sharing um, and and free use of data and then free kind of results from that. It, it, it sounds a little crazy, but that's actually how advertising works today, right? If the ads are thrown at you and you you disregard most of them, but there's a few you pay attention to, the same things could happen to goods and services. So I think that the 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 tug and pull, the, the kind of the, the tug of war between privacy um, um, protection and convenience is going to be a debate that's going to go on as long as there's technology and as long as there's commerce. Right. I love it. Well, this has been just an absolutely fascinating discussion. Um, I can't wait to chat with you again, because clearly this is not something that's going away. And, and so we <laughs> need to keep people updated on it. So I'd love to have you on again. But until then, I'm Deb Creer. I've been talking with Dan Freckling, the CEO of Boltif, and everyone have a great day. Tune in for our next program for even more trends, best practices, and techniques for how to make your business a success. The Business Power Hour, hosted by Deb Creer, is proud to be part of the C-Suite Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.